Well, howdy, partner. Welcome to Textual Tension. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. That's why it's only me, co-host Rachel, here to tell you about all uh, the goings-on here in our uh, quaint little town on this here frontier. Zach cannot keep a straight face while I do that. Quit staring at me. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome. <laughs> hey, welcome to Textual Attention. Uh, if that intro wasn't abundantly clear and you're new here, we are a bad romance novel review podcast. Uh, and welcome. And if you're not new here, hey, welcome back. You're great. Uh, I jump in here every other week and tell you all about the goings-on in our little world over here. Um, and this week, mercifully, there's not a lot happening. Hey, but I will go ahead and go through my regular spiel. Um, we don't really have any new patrons this week, but if you are interested in maybe checking out what you could get for becoming our patron and uh, patronizing us, wait, that sounded bad, supporting us, there we go, that's a good way to say it, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash textual tension. Guys, it's been a week at work, so sorry, <laughs> strap in. Uh, and if you are already supporting us, thank you so, 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 so much. You are amazing, you're incredible. I just ordered new mics for us. They should come in here in the next month or so. They're on back order. Um, and we can do that because of you guys. Uh, and if you maybe are not in a spot right now where you can, you know shell out extra money to support us and our crazy hobby and that's totally cool we love you and you're amazing and if you want to support us in another way we would really really appreciate it if you went and rate and reviewed us on your favorite podcatcher um that is honestly the best way for us to get uh, out to new people that and you telling your friends about us um so if you could do that that would be amazing and hey if you need a good way to go and uh tell all your friends about us uh check out our instagram or our twitter or our facebook facebook or our discord where we have a book club it's all textual tension pod across the board um and you can hit us up on any of those you can go and talk to us you can reach out Check out our website at textualattentionpod.com, and we like to hear from you guys. We read uh, books that are recommended to us all the time, and we really love if, when you guys reach out and call us on our shit and give us books and all that stuff. Um, oh, hey, I lied. There is one other thing that I did want to talk about. Um, hey, it's Pride Month, y'all. That's super important. We had an awesome Pride Parade here in my neighborhood, just a little tiny one, and it was so much fun. Uh, and I do not want you guys to think that we forgot about Pride Month. Because we definitely forgot about Pride Month with everything going on. So we've decided that we're just going to extend our Pride Month. So I promise we have some awesome Pride and LGBTQ plus novels and books coming up. Um, but this one's not one of them. And it's totally our fault. So we're getting there. I swear. Do not think we forgot. It's totally our bad. But they are coming. Um, heh. Heyo. <laughs> Uh, uh, and finally, last but not least, um, we recorded this episode remotely. Uh, Margie was going on vacation. There was some stuff that came up. So we went and did it remotely. We're still kind of figuring that out. So the audio quality isn't uh, what you would normally, you've normally come to expect from us in our stellar uh, history of amazing audio. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that um, you might hear a little bit of echoing. You might hear, you know, just some extra stuff. So bear with us. It's still a really fun episode. Um, and I had a lot of fun. So... Uh, I guess grab your horse, plop your saddle on top of it, that's how horses work, I think, and, uh, let's go, let's go run down some, some, uh, outlaw frontier bad boys, huh? So, uh, without further ado, here's episode 47, yippee ki mother- <laughs> 
from the inside out so I can see myself from the inside. Hello, and welcome to Textual Tension, a love-hate relationship with romance novels. I am your co-host, Rachel. And I am your co-host, Margie. Every other week, one of us reads and summarizes a romance novel for our unsuspecting co-host. This week, Amarji is listening in, in her Yay! yellow yellow vagina of a recording studio down in Cincinnati. We're doing it remotely. Guys, honestly, there is no better way to put it than to say that I look like I am coming out of a vagina, that I am being born again. Like, there's no better way. And together we unpack what the fuck just happened. Just you happened. revoke your, I revoke your right to say that with me. Well, I'm just, I'm busy trying to get out of the womb. Well, it's not gonna happen. So, y'all, we had a kind of fast turnaround on this one, and to be fair, I had several, uh, I have a couple recommendations that I'm working on getting to, so if you gave me the recommendation, I'm working on it, but this one, I was just, you know what, I was in the mood for a western, I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out oh there. Oh my god, Woo! I know. I didn't know that Weird, was, right? I didn't really... Is that kind of your thing, Rachel? Like, are you, if you're going to pick, like, a romance, like, we already know that, like, Dark Heroes, like, that's me all the way. So is that kind of, like, your thing is, like, Wild Wild West? No, it's more of, like, so I knew we had a pretty quick turnaround on this one. So I picked a book that I was really in the mood for that I, I thought I could, like, really get into and finish really quickly. Usually, if I'm, right, like, if I'm craving a specific genre, I will just read it a lot faster. Um, and in this case, it was true, because I finished this one in less than 24 hours, so... <laughs> Good for you! And yeah. since since then, I have completed another one in the series, and I'm working on the third. Yes, girl, <laughs> so slay! It's good. It's actually a good series. Alright, so I'm gonna send you, via Facebook chat, um, okay. I'm gonna send you the cover that I have... Uh, from my library book, and then I'm gonna send you the Goodreads link, which has a different cover. It's sexy man either way, but you know. Yeah. Boop. There you go. Um. So I wanted to do one thing new and give a shout out to one someone who uh, she wrote a review for us on iTunes, and she actually Ooh. sent a rec sent a recommendation for a book. So I wanted Molly. Nice. I want to let you know I saw it and I ha saw your recommendation, and I'm playing. It will I it will be read. So thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. And hey, thanks for the review. Yeah, thank you, Molly. Okay, so, but the cover of this book is, mm -hmm. so it's called The Bridegroom. And uh -huh. uh, the author's name is Linda Lale Miller. And so listeners to, just to let you know, Rachel had said, yeah, this guy is my type. He is real hot. And I got to say, the guy on the cover is pretty spicy. He's... Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of wearing, like, an outfit that reminds me of, and I know this is, like, not the era at all, but it reminds me of the outfit that, or maybe it's just his whole vibe. He gives me a very Wesley from The Princess Bride vibe. Yeah, I could see that. At, like, at the beginning of the movie when he's not wearing all black and a mask because masks are terribly comfortable and I think everybody will be wearing them so... soon. That was a premonition and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh... <laughs> 
that was a really, really fun and interesting comparison, which you will see why later. Really? Okay, yeah, so again, I never it's really cold. thought about that. It's called The Bridegroom. It's by Linda Lale Miller, and the author's name is huge. Like, way mm-hmm. bigger than the title. Way bigger than the title. And Publishers Weekly said, Miller tugs at the heartstrings as few authors can. Hey, here for mm-hmm. it. He's looking at us very intensely, too. Like, yeah, I feel it, a little embarrassed and, um, to be inside this vagina right now. <laughs> so let me just say, when I first started reading this book, oh, man, our boy really rustled the jimmies um, in a good way super into it and I got a little bit less into it as we went on and and more into another guy who just happened to be the subject of another one of the books and so I went and read that book and I was way more into the other guy (laughs) okay okay well I'm still really excited to hear about this send me the description And before I send you this, I want to drop a serious bombshell of knowledge. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to drop this knowledge yet. I'm going to wait till the end. Oh, okay. Well, now teased you. You did tease. I teased you in your yellow vagina. I'm breathless for more. (laughs) Would it be easier if I read the description for you? I think you're going to have to because I can't get it to pull up. Okay. Listeners, we're, cha- we're changing something up because Margie's internet's being dumb. So, I'm going to read the description. Prepare yourself for spiciness. And, uh, because Margie can't see the second cover that is here on Goodreads, it is another sexy man, but this one um, is looking like with his lips slightly parted at the camera, like he's surprised and also trying to be sexy, with like mullet-length hair. So I'm going to go ahead and read this description for you. Undercover agent Gideon Yarbrough is renowned for stopping outlaws almost before they commit a crime. But now he must stop a wedding. Despite the bride's resistance, Lydia Fairmont will lose everything if she doesn't honor her betrothal to a heartless banker, unless she marries someone else instead, whether it's a love match or not. Determined to honor her own decade-old promise to help Lydia, Gideon carries her off to Stone Creek and makes her his reluctant wife. What? Forget a honeymoon for show. What? Not with a vengeful ex-fiancé on their trail and a hired gun on the loose. But there just might be hope for the marriage, that is in italics, and two hearts meant for each other. (laughs) This does sound a little bit like that The Highwayman book. Of, like, an over-decade-old promise, and so I'm going to kidnap you and bury you in order to, quote-unquote, keep you safe. Because that's how you keep people safe, by kidnapping them and burying them. That's And putting them on a train to Scotland. Oh, yeah, I mean, I had so many people after me. So many. All right. So, all right. Let's. Uh, so I'm many. excited. I am. I am into this. Okay. I'm like. I'm invest. I'm very invested. I want to know. I'm super <laughs> curious about what this like decade long promise is. So I'm glad that I read the first book in this series because this is technically the fifth. Sorry, the second book in the series. Oh, okay. Um, and in okay. the in the the second book, it follows the dude that I really really like in this one, and. Their stories are very similar, and there's a reason for that between this other dude and Gideon. Um, and it goes into detail about this decades-old promise. So I actually know a little bit more about it. All right, so first of all, triggers. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. 
So triggers. Uh, this is set in 1915 um, in the Ari- in Arizona. Arizona had relatively recently become a state, no longer a territory, but that is where it's set. So there is some racism. There are, and I'm not going to go into it because it's a super super small amount of the plot, and it really like there is a racial slur and. To their credit, our main characters are not cool with it. <laughs> so, let's just say that there was a lot of Chinese okay. people right. in the area working on the railroads, and slurs happen in the book. Um, okay. It okay. makes sense historically. Not great, but it it, it was contextually made sense. Um, yeah. right. The other thing, there is death. Um, and kidnapping, obviously. Obviously. And, uh, and I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's a, a pretty good, actually. Pretty okay. good, considering. All right. All right. Let's let's dive right in. Yeah, so a little bit about our characters. Um, Lydia Fairmont. I'm pretty sure she has curly brown hair. I could be wrong. I tried to go back and find it. I had trouble. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to double down. Curly brown hair. Uh, and oddly colored blue eyes, which are kind of like known in her family like it is a thing that her family is known for in that they are violet colored and i was finally like you know what fuck it i'm gonna look i'm gonna look that shit up it's a thing it is a genetic thing where it is possible it's a thing yeah Yeah, it's possible for people to have purple eyes like violet colored eyes so at least they got the whole it runs in the family thing right Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. was fine um gideon is oh and she's really short so short girls where you at hey (laughs) um so Gideon Yarbrough has like sandy colored hair um super blue eyes which again is kind of a staple of the Yarbrough family um and is college educated (laughs) hey yo yeah he's like he grew up in the Arizona Arizona territory so it's actually like you know it's surprising he's the only one of his family that has a college education and he is a he works as a um private investigator Hmm. kind of guy so he works for like the pinkertons and and uh what's the other one wells fargo so it was people who would investigate things like train robberies and Hmm. things like that which i like me a lawman i like me an old-fashioned wild wild west lawman all right (laughs) give me a wild west cowboy Yeah, I like the people. See, you like the you like them. I like the ones who break the law. Well, so we got a little bit of both in here, my dude. Um, <laughs> hey, yo. So there are a cast of characters in this. Not like a crazy amount, but there are several that all have really interesting backstories. Okay. And this book is a bit more character driven than plot driven. So the, there mm-hmm. is a plot, but it's much more about the character development than this plot. It was actually done very well as far as the balance of it goes. Um, so I'm going to real quickly go through some of the other interesting characters and just give you a brief background of them. Sound good? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so other characters of note. So uh, really brief background that I actually learned in another book, and I'm not going to give too many spoilers, but Lydia was orphaned pretty early on as a child. Um, and adopted by her aunt. They always are. Well, I mean, she was orphaned in the early 1900s, so not pretty par for the course for the 1900s. Not uncommon. <laughs> not uncommon. Um, 
So you, did her, you get a disease? You should do cocaine about it. Well, surprisingly, no, that's not how she was orphaned. Her dad froze to death. <laughs> the fuck? Right? Yeah. He was a doctor, too. It's like, Jesus, dude. I know we hadn't invented science yet, but come on. <laughs> Grab a blanket? Come on, let's make this work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so her, she was adopted by her aunt. Then her aunt died because fuck you, little girl. And so her other aunts, <laughs> Mitty and Millie, adopted her. Mitty and Millie are perpetual spinsters and will be for the rest of their lives because while they were beautiful in their time, uh, each of them were in love. One of them was in love with a Confederate uh like general or something and the other one was in love with a union captain and both of their men died in the war so awkward yep and they never remarried but they lived together and have forever and they were pretty rich in their time um and actually like there's a lot in their story that was really interesting about them like fleeing the war to move out west and how they had to abandon all of their wealth and then had to build their wealth back up and like pretty interesting actually um and would they, have been better if they were lesbians. I'm just saying it would have been better if they were lesbians. I mean, it's true. I, I wish that instead of being related, they were in fact lesbians together. That would be great. But <laughs> I yeah, agree. But um, hell yeah. But uh, they also live with their housekeeper, Helga, who is my girl. She is so sassy and like, bitch, no, you're not going to do this. Like, I love her. She's awesome. Um, Then there is uh, Gideon has two brothers. It is Rowdy and Wyatt are the two brothers. Um, they're both pretty, okay. like, quite a bit older than he is. Rowdy is the one that I read his book, and it was mwah, A-OK, my dude. He's great. And so the Yarborough family, um, their father was a famous train robber, like, really famous. Um, and all of them, except Ooh. Gideon, went into the train robbing family trade for a while um so they were all train robbers and i'm not gonna spoil the book with rowdy but rowdy is in this book the town marshal of stone creek so a little bit of column a a little bit of column b huh and then last character i want to go through quickly is lark lark is rowdy's wife and she is the sweetest mom character you'll ever meet she has like five kids she's pregnant in this one and i love her she's great She's wonderful. And she was, so she's the subject of the book with Rowdy. And at the time, her and Rowdy were getting it on, hey-oh. She was Lydia's school teacher. So she's actually the one that took care of Lydia when they found out that Lydia's dad died. And Lydia had gotten really sick and, like, all the stuff at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. like, Lark is, oh, I would die for her. She's great. So those are your characters. All right, so... Let's get into this plot. Um, so, quick reminder, a lot of this plot is character-based. Um, so I will go through what's happening, but it's a lot of, like, character development that takes up a lot of this. So this is actually, like, usually I don't do books that require a lot of character development because they're kind of hard to explain, but this one was really good, so we're going to try it. All right, scene one. This is when I sent Margie a text saying, oh, the, the guy in this book is steamy. <laughs> So Gideon is one is on his way back home to Stone Creek in Arizona and is passing through Phoenix. And he just and you kind of get like 
like, a little bit of background that he's on sort of a secret mission. Like, he was, like, this private investigator, train robber investigator guy. But he's on a mission from some private employers um, to figure out uh, there's a copper mine in Stone Creek. And there is a little bit of word going around that there might be a strike brewing. Mm. So his job is to kind of infiltrate and figure out if there is going to be one. Right. In his mind, he's fully aware that if okay. this goes through without a hitch, he's going to have to go in, infiltrate, tell his employers, and then get the hell out of there. Because a lot of okay. men are probably going to want him dead. Um, so that's that's kind of what his current mission Ooh. is. He's not exactly working on a great side. He's, you know what I mean? Like, he's not. If people are going to strike, let them oh, strike. Oh, yeah. Well, so, well, yes, but um, I'll go into that a little later. Hang on to your britches. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so as he's passing through Phoenix on his way back home, uh, he happens to stop by the uh, post office because he, he keeps a mailbox in some of the bigger cities that he goes through. And he finds a letter from one Lydia Fairmont. And this letter oh. is a shock to him because he's the one that wrote it 15 years oh. ago. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here now. I'm going to throw it out here now because um, it's kind of hinted at. 15 years ago when Lydia's father had died and she was about to be adopted by her aunt and all this stuff, Gideon was one of the ones who was there who helped helped her. And she was super scared. This girl was like eight years old. And Gideon's like, look, if you ever need me, if you're scared, if anything bad happens, if you don't like this woman, anything, you send me a letter and I'll come get you. And she's like, well, but I don't know how to write. And he's like, okay, I'll write it for you. And so he writes this letter and addresses it and hands it to her. So it's this letter that he had written for her and she had sent it. Oh, that's so cute. Wait, so how old was he at that point? He was... 15? 16? Yeah, this is very Highwayman-esque. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep bringing it up because oh, it does remind absolutely. me Oh, 100%. Um, so he, like, tunnel visions and is like, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> just so happens Lydia has been living in Phoenix this whole time, right? So he uh, immediately takes off to find her. Lydia Aww. is currently engaged to a total asshat and does not want to marry Ooh. him. This dude is ugly as sin, a super huge asshole, really creepy, and, like, like, you really get the vibe that he's marrying her for lust. Uh, so, but, yep, but if she doesn't marry him, then her aunt's are in kind of a rough spot financially and had to mortgage their house, their beautiful house, to his bank, asshole's bank. So if oh she no. doesn't marry him, They're gonna yeah. lose the house. But, uh-huh, so he has promised that he will forgive all their debts if she marries him. So, you dick! Yeah, mm-hmm, he's an asshole. <laughs> so Lydia is like, this entire time, she's like, I have to do it. And you can tell she's like breaking down and crying every once in a while. She really doesn't want to. But And Helga... The housekeeper is like, girl, the fuck are you doing? It's a house. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And she's like, no, I have right. to. The aunts have given me so much. I can't make them leave for me and all these things. Do you think and that they would like want you to marry this dude? Like, do you think <laughs> right? that that would make them feel comfortable in that house? <laughs> I will give like 
so the aunts are very like ditzy is the vibe that I get not super aware of everything happening and kind of ditzy and I, I will give Helga credit because Helga straight up asks Lydia she's like hey have you asked the aunts what they want yeah have you asked them because maybe they don't want you to do that maybe they're fine with it and she's like no I can't I can't do that no, well, like you're they, an idiot. Do you think that they do you think that they would have the comprehension of like maybe she's maybe she's doing this because she feels like she has to and not because she wants to? I think they would. Okay. I think they're ditzy. I think if she straight up told them I don't want to do this and like ask them about it, they would be like, "Oh no, dear, it's fine." Like be totally fine with it. Like Right. Yeah. So, after uh spending time with her betrothed, who she will be marrying the next day, um betrothed asshole leaves and uh i like how he doesn't even have a name he's just mature he's just the asshole no he's he doesn't deserve a name his name is i don't care oh, he doesn't yeah, deserve I'm not, it i'm not gonna okay yeah, i don't care fair um uh i do remember it but i'm not gonna tell you because he doesn't deserve it um so helga comes running up to her room and is like you have a visitor and she's like oh god <gasps> another like debt collector and like all this stuff Aww. and she's like no you have a visitor Go check. And she's like, oh my. <laughs> and so she like, she like sets herself up to deal with a debt collector and she walks into the library and Gideon's just sitting in a chair like, uh, and he, he's, he looks at her and he goes, well, you look fine to me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. And she okay. basically shits herself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God bless uh-huh. him. It's been, what, 15 years? Right? Well, and she, like, had talked before about, like, she's, like, in a moment of panic, she sent this letter, and she's like, I hope he doesn't show up, because, like, I shouldn't have done that, and all this stuff, and he just shows up and is like, all right, let's talk. I mean, I don't, that's, that's, that was the point of the letter, you know? It's true, and that's, that is, so you see, he, that's what he said, is he's like, you sent it for a reason. She's like, it was an accident, and he's like, I don't believe you. I do not believe you. You don't just send a letter on accident. Exactly. So so she's like, no, it's nothing. I swear it's nothing. And Helga comes bursting in and is like, no, this <laughs> dumb bitch is getting married to someone that she doesn't love. <laughs> Tomorrow. I love Helga is me. Helga is me. <laughs> Helga is like, yes, I will answer, I will interfere in this family's affairs. Fuck yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And Gideon is like, uh, you what, mate? You're doing what now? Why? And she tells him about the house and everything. And he's like, props to Gideon. He's like, Lydia, it's a house. And she's like, well, but I can't make the move. She's like, you are selling yourself for a house. And she's like, oh. Oh, oh, shit. Didn't see <laughs> like, it that way. Yeah, but she's stubborn, so she's still not super on board with it. And he's just like, you know what? Don't worry, baby, I got you. And But she's still denying this whole thing. And so he comes up and he's like, Lydia, you can't do this. She's like, no, it'll be fine. I can just ignore it. And he's like, uh-huh, and then kisses her. Ooh. And it's a steamy kiss. Real steamy. And and so he, he gets down and he's like, it's not going to be like that. Don't worry. I got you. And leaves. <laughs> And she's like, no, it's not going to be like that, because I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that won't. So, so she... Now's th- a good time. But that is a very strange, like, like encounter. I have a problem. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. I'm going to fix it for you. Make out. Don't worry. It's fixed. Leaves. Very... I would not know what to make of it that. It is super weird. And... 
as a reader, I'm not entirely sure I did either. And that's, it doesn't matter, was still into it. I'll, I will admit that. I am Don't torn you, like, on whether this dude kind of like, is a homeboy. Be into this, but I am. Well, and like, I'm torn between whether this guy is a boy or an R-boy. The reason, and we'll go into it a little later, the reason I think R-boy is because there is a lot of character growth that happens. Like, a lot. But there is some weird stuff, and that was the first one. Still into it, though. So, listeners, no matter how much we bash this shit, you can still be into it. I am. Mm -hmm. All right. So, (laughs) next scene. Um, So, Gideon goes and finds Asshole, and is like, hey, you need to give... Yeah. He's like, hey, you need to give Lydia a little more time to think about this. And Asshole's like, well, who the hell are you? And he's like, a friend from a while ago. (laughs) And totally makes him believe that they've gotten it on before. (laughs) And and Asshole's like, well, how do you know her? And she's like, oh, you know, we've known each other for a while. And also I kissed her yesterday. Bye. (laughs) Leaves. (laughs) And so he's like, well, that didn't work. There's only one other choice. So the next day, that's this is so strange. His his way of solving problems. I don't know. I don't know about it. Oh yeah, it makes no goddamn sense. Oh, uh, so here's his thought. Well, here's his thought process. He got really drunk because he needed whiskey after that encounter with Lydia. And then he went and found the asshole and told him, hey, you need to give her a little more time. She's having some second thoughts. And asshole was like, fuck that. I'm going to have this woman and I'm going to make love to her tomorrow night. And like kind of baited Gideon. And so Gideon's response was basically, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to be an asshole to you and I'm going to go take care of it another way. So that's kind of what happened. Okay. Um, okay. And yeah. Well, so then Gideon's thinking, he's like, okay, I need to go to Stone Creek. And the only way I'm going to be able to get away from this asshole fast enough is by train. And the next train to Stone Creek is tomorrow at like two o'clock. And the wedding's at 1.30. We gonna do some kidnapping! <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Just some... Light kidnapping. Light kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. So the I next morning, the fucking kidnapping. I know. Well, here. Okay, it's actually really funny the way it goes down. So the next morning, um, Lydia's getting ready for her wedding, and Gideon shows up secretly with Helga, letting him in because Helga's like, "Yeah, I like you. You're cool." <laughs> and oh, talks, yes, Helga. Talks to the aunt. Yes, being so shady. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So Helga talks to the ant, or uh, Helga lets Gideon in to meet the with the ants, and it, and they Gideon basically gives the ants some money and is like, hey, here's what I'm gonna do because Lydia isn't happy. Uh, here's some money. Go shopping. We'll come pick you up. And the ants are like, all right, and leave. So they're parents. They're her parents. So- so at the wedding, okay. it's like one o'clock. And Lydia's like, where? What do you mean you can't find Mitty and Millie? Where the hell are the aunts? Like to Helga. And they're like, well, she's like, sorry, we just can't find them. Maybe they went to the post office or something. And she's like, no, they don't do that. Where the hell are they? <laughs> In her wedding dress. And Helga's oh. like, all right, you got me. Swipe or no swiping. Gideon showed up and stole them away, and surprise, we're gonna go with him. So come on, let's go. I packed your bags. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and so this is like 1.15. The wedding is happening. Everyone is there. And <laughs> asshole had hired extra muscle to guard the doors so that Gideon couldn't get in. So Helga is dragging Lydia down the stairs, and 
Gideon with blood on his shirt because he just punched out a dude at a door. It's like at the bottom of the stairs, right? He's at the bottom of the stairs holding his hand out like a fucking Prince Charming Disney motherfucker. And it's like, come on, let's go. And she's like, what? (laughs) She's like, what the hell are you doing? And so he's like, too late and grabs her and throws her over his shoulder. (laughs) And starts walking out with her. So here for this. And she's, like, so stunned. And everyone sees her. So her asshole, asshole's mom, all of the guests, they all see this happening and are super shocked. And she's so shocked that she's not doing anything. She's just, like, like shell-shocked. You know what? I probably wouldn't do anything either. I'd be like, all right, let's go. Well, so she's trying to talk to Gideon, and Gideon's like, okay, you need to be quiet, and pats her on the butt to do that. And that's when she's like, did you just slap my ass, you motherfucker? And starts flailing. <laughs> and so they run out the back of the house, throw her in a carriage, and they're off. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> and so they they get her on a train, and they leave for Stone Creek. And that is how they get together for the first time. <laughs> when, but wait, when do they get to getting? When do they get to getting? We're getting there. We are so getting there. All right, so that was really only the first couple chapters, but there was so much that happened in that, and the rest of it is mostly character development. So that's going to be actually the bulk of our summary. The rest is a lot less in detail. Oh, wow, okay. All right. All right, let's get, you ready? Let's get into it. All right, so they end up in Phoenix, or not in Phoenix, in Stone Creek. Um, and as they get off the train, they notice Rowdy, Gideon's brother, you know, the oh, marshal. awkward. Right. So he's sitting there waiting for Gideon with just this look on his face of, oh boy, you fucked up. <laughs> so Rowdy had gotten a telegram <laughs> from Phoenix because of course asshole went to the cops saying, hey, there's a kidnapped person coming your way. Just so you know. Just FYI. Um, you know, I love how it's like, it's like, I love how it's like just an FYI. Right. Like, you should probably know this, but like, it's chill. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. So, uh, Rowdy is like, all right, you two, my office. Okay. Now. So, <laughs> he takes him back to his house with Lark and the, the ants and Helga and everyone. And he's like, dude, you fucked up. You have two choices right now. Because you will probably go to jail if you do not do one of these two choices. One, uh, you could go to jail for kidnapping. Sorry, you have three choices. Go to jail for kidnapping. Three, or two, get the fuck out of here. Or three, you can marry her to convince people that it was mutual. I, you know, okay. Because they all already assume that you have taken her virginity. let's just, like, break this down, though. Like, in Gideon's mind of, I, he doesn't always make the best, most rational, most, like, direct decisions, you know? So, I'm gonna guess that he goes for number three. Because... Uh-huh. Because that's just where his brain goes to the most dramatic yeah. thing that he well, could so here's his problem. do. Is he he can't go to jail because he's undercover and a lawman himself. Um he can't get out of town because he has a job because he's undercover. Awkward. So and <laughs> such a he, pain in the ass having He a really job. likes Lydia. Aw, that's why he even though really he feels kidnapped her. 
Mm-hmm. Right? The kidnapping was inside him all along. He just had to believe. Yeah, but he it, he hadn't admitted it to himself yet. Like, he has the inkling, but he's like, oh, no, she deserves better. That kind of thing. If she Broody. wants your dick, she uh, wants your dick. Just shut up. Right? She doesn't, she barely knows what a dick is. She's such a sheltered virgin child. Which, hey, I can relate. All right? I get it. Uh, <laughs> So Gideon does the quote unquote right thing and they get oh, married. He okay. asks her, he's like, Lydia, look, I'm sorry. He's like, the, it's, he's like, I, I'm really sorry I did this. If you want to go back, you can go back. It's not a problem. Like, do it. Like, it's cool. It's fine. But if you will have me, I will marry you. It's the least I can do. And she's like, it's the least you can do. And he's like, yeah. And he's, she's like, would you get in trouble if you didn't? He's like, yeah. Is that why you're marrying me? I mean, okay, all right. Well, I will, but only because I don't want to go back to that ass hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Basically. I feel like though that they kind of establish so, that because I think that it shows that like when when they do fall, he spells yeah, it out. He spells it out, and it makes it so that when they do fall fall like actually fall in love, these questions have already been answered, so you don't have to be like like kind of mulling over it later. Like, but well, right? Like, did she know about that? Because I feel like she should have right you know right well and like ooh, wait hang on she finds that out later wow i'm oh, sorry she no she later. doesn't know he would have gone oh, to jail if no. he didn't marry her oh that would My make bad. me unhappy yep she finds that out later um right so let's be honest at this point was when i was more interested in rowdy than i was in gideon um and gideon has some boy homeboy tendencies coming up but again there's character development and let's be completely honest this is not a great basis for no, a relationship. None of this is. But none this is none what of what is going with. on is. So, but, you know, no. you make the best of it. Mm-hmm. So they get married. Um, and their first night together, uh, he's specifically, he's like, look, I get it. This is a shitty situation. It's entirely my fault. I'm so sorry. We do not need to consummate this relationship. It's going to make it a lot easier for you to get an annulment. Actually thinking so, about her, it's though. cool. That's nice. I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's He really does try to, like, set it up so that, like, you can get away and do whatever the hell you want. I just got you away from that dick. They, uh, they do have to stay the night in the same bed, however... Um, because they have to have at least some, like, way to say, like, to asshole, oh, no, it's definitely consummated. But then afterwards, everyone else can be like, no, it definitely wasn't. (laughs) Like, they can do that. Finally, after, bear in mind, this, the majority of this has happened in a single day. Oh, God. She has been spirited across Arizona, married a different person than the asshole she thought she was gonna have to marry, and so she's laying in bed next to Gideon and finally starts crying. Which props I would have done it a while ago. (laughs) And he's like, what's up? And she's like, it's just been a lot. And also, like, I want... I want love, and I'm really jealous about Lark. Like, she looks so happy. And this is, looking back on it, not great. But she's like, why does she, like, why does she, like, glow? Like, why is she so happy and just, like, constantly just, like, so, you know? And he's like, let me show you. And the (laughs) finger-banging begins. (laughs) Nothing like a good finger-bang to get your skin glowing. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's just a (laughs) finger-bang. Now that should be Maybelline's new slogan. (laughs) So I will say, for what it's worth, 
They are both super into it. She is so here for this. So Real they're both like, it. so, and we, I'm just going to say this because I feel like, it, it, I don't think it, it needs to be said, but it also needs to be said. So they're very into each other, right? The chemistry, the sparks are flying, right? They've been flying this whole time. Oh, 100%. She, like, straight up loves him. Already? Well, so she, bear in mind, like, they knew each other when they were a lot younger, I guess. It's one of those things where, like, you've known them for so long and all of a sudden they show up and you're like, yes, I still love, I still like this person a lot. Like, she's willing to make it work and really wants to and she's pretty sure she loves him. I don't know. I guess it's already. Okay. Not that all out right. of the norm for romance novels, but still not great. He pretty sure does, but hasn't admitted it to himself because brooding. Brooding is, you know. You know. You know. As you do. As you do. So there was a, uh, there's an ongoing joke in this book about their bed being up against a wall and just smacking against the wall whenever they do anything sexy like and everyone can hear them. Hell yeah, get it! It's very funny. (laughs) Um, The next day, Gideon wakes up and goes to the mines for his first day of work. So remember, he's trying to sort of pretend to be one of the minor guys um, and throughout all of this and like gain their trust to figure out what they're doing, he is really bad at fitting in. He's just so bad at not being conspicuous. <laughs> and they play it off like normally he's good at his job, but he's just thinking about banging Lydia all the time now, and so he cannot concentrate. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Oh my god. So Oh wait, can I can I ask one other question? Sure. So I, I think can we assume that she is a virgin? He's not, no. He's not. Okay. I was wondering what, what she their, is. their status was on that. I was just curious. Okay. Yeah, he is not. She definitely is. She didn't even know what sex was because she didn't really have a female figure to talk to her about. She that. had two and neither um, of them talked to her about it. Um she had three. No. You you get the idea that Lid- Mitty and Millie are from another time. So, like, they probably were 100% virtuous, and then their prospective husbands died, and then they just never... So they never never did did anything. Um, Helga, I don't know. And Helga, I think, gave her, like, the basic broad strokes, (laughs) but I don't think she really got a lot of info from her. Um, So they actually make a joke about it, where Gideon's, like... Like, as she's, like, reacting to being finger-banged, Gideon's like, you know, some people would wonder whether or not their new brides were virginal, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, you definitely are, huh? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) So, you know. So, he he is not. She definitely is. Um, So, he's really bad at his job right now, and it's just terrible blending in. So, in a previous book, uh, Lark inherited an ass load of money. And it just so happens she owns a house in the area... A house that actually, well, she owns two houses in the area, in that she owns a house that nobody's using right now. And it was a house that Lydia remembers from her time here with Lark. Mm. And so Lark is like, uh, don't argue, happy wedding, here's your new house, because I know you need one. And so she just gifts them a house, oh, which would be great. Oh, so nice, though. <laughs> Dude, Lark is so sweet. Oh, Bitsy's running, so if you could hear that, it's her running. Um, it's Lark is so sweet, I would die for her, I love her. Um, so... Lark, like, Lydia is, like, overwhelmed and, like, talking all this stuff, and and she's, like, Lark is, like, Lydia, what's wrong? Didn't, we heard you guys, weren't, like, you, you did it last night, right? And she's, like, no, we didn't, and I don't think he likes me, and she's, like, well, no, I think he's just an idiot. Um, do you like him? She's, like, I love him. She's, like, okay. 
here's what we're going to do. Because Lark immediately is like, okay, so Gideon is trying to be noble and not have sex with you so that you can get an annulment because he's being stupid and denying his feelings. So we're going to seduce him. <laughs> so Lark, who is currently <laughs> like nine months pregnant, <laughs> tells Lydia, all right, this is what you do and gets her all ready. Aww. And so she like... So she, like, gets the aunts out of the house. She gets Helga out of the house. She's like, you guys have the house to yourselves tonight. And Gideon comes back from the mines. He's exhausted. And Lark is, like, doing her best, but super unsure of herself. Or, I was uh, about to Lydia, say, I, mean. I was like, what? Lark? And not Lark. Not Lark. Lydia. Well, I'm also imagining, <laughs> though, he comes home and, like, he's sweaty. He's hot. He's covered in, I don't know, mine dust. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have sex, but oral happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, he super goes down on her, and he loves it, and she does too. Let's be clear, not penetrative sex, but oral sex does happen. Yes, oral sex. Oral sex happens. Yes. Um, So the next day, he's starting to make a little bit, there might be a couple days in between this, the timeline's kind of hard to pin down. Um, so he's making some progress at the mines as far as like, in like getting to know people and like hearing about like plans and that kind of stuff. Um, and guess who shows up in the city, which they expected asshole! to be fair, but ex-fiance asshole shows up with a couple rangers. Get that um, shit consummated yeah. right now. <laughs> so he shows up with the rangers and he's like, he's being so creepy. God, is he creepy? It's like a, it's okay, honey. I know you didn't mean it. I'll forgive you. You just need to come with me. Like, So so he sees her, it sounds like, more like an object, like almost like an animal that he needs to, like, calm down and get to trust him again. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, that's really gross. And, yeah. So she, like, finally, like, gets the nerve up and she's like, no. And she turns to the rangers and she's like, it was totally consensual. I'm married to this man and it has been consummated. Good for her. So, and she like, right. And she gets them all out of there. She's like, no, this is not cool. I wanted this and I still want this and y'all need to leave. Good for her. Those rangers must be like. Pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Asshole leaves and he is so mad. Like he's pissed. So until they know whether or not he's actually left the city, um, she is kind of, she has to stay at Rowdy's house, like, with some of Rowdy's deputies, um, just to kind of, like, you need to be safe. Like, we don't want anything to happen to you, all that stuff. She Mm -hmm. does try to sneak out at one point. Why? um, Which is really funny, because she's, like, she's feeling so trapped. She's like, I need to leave. So instead of, like, talking to anybody, she tries to climb out of a coal chute and get stuck. And <laughs> it's really funny. You dumbass, <laughs> ask if you because, can take a walk. Like, right? Right? Gideon comes back from the mine in the middle of the day. And this is, like, the second time because he came back for the asshole. And then the next day when she gets stuck in the coal chute, he comes back for that. And he pulls her out. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? You literally could have died. She's like, it would have been fine. I was like, no, no one can hear you scream. You got stuck. You could have died. Oh, and I'll bet so he, he's like, he is, a, is it a 10 these moment? Uh, n- not yet. So he's like, you know when like you're so scared about something that you get angry at that person? Oh, yeah. But you're yeah. really, it's because you're just really scared for them. Right. So he's kind of like that. So he's like, we're going back to the house right now. Um, And so he takes her back to the house and the, the aunts and because she has like a couple scratches and stuff that needs tending to. 
as you do. Hey, oh, and attendees, attendees, attendees. Uh, well, <laughs> if by attendees you mean <laughs> they get it, they on. get back to the house, and then they start finger banging in the kitchen. And right before he's about to just fuck her right in the kitchen. Do it. The ants and Helga show up, and he has to like walk away and face the other direction because he has a massive hard on. Then yes, that tendies. <laughs> God damn it! They need to just consummate this shit. Well, the best part is the ants are like, "Oh, are you okay? Is everything fine? Gideon, are you angry?" And Helga's like, "I know what's up. I know what just went down." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Right. Helga's ha- Helga. I'm gonna put it out there. Helga has a past. Like Helga, some shit went on with her. Oh, for sure. I would love to know her backstory. The best part is, like, when they're doing, like, the whole oral sex thing and everything, and uh, in the morning, the ants come out and they're like, oh, it was so strange. Was there a thunderstorm last night? And Helga just (laughs) looks Lydia right in the eyes and goes, yeah, there was. (laughs) (laughs) Helga is a queen. We stand Helga here. We stand Helga. Yes. She's great. But does she have an but I have to ask, does she have an alternate Arnold in her closet made out of bubblegum? I have to believe. I super have to believe. Oh my god. Alright. That was a deep cut from the nineties and I loved it. I know, it. I know, but it's oh. I keep thinking of Helga with those like huge blonde pigtails. Oh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Right, yeah. With the unrequited love. Yes. Um, so so let's see, where are we? Oh yeah, so Gideon comes back from the the mine that night, and they totally fuck. Hell to the one hundred percent. Let's get it started. They get it on a lot. Let's get it started in here. So they finally like. So it's penetrative sex. Oh yeah, it is. Hell, and it's super consensual. So they, does he break that um, virgin so barrier? They wake, uh, I think there's something, it's not virgin barrier, but there's something about like a feminine portal. Not exactly, but something similar to that. I think I sent it to you. Okay. Oh, um, I think you did. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember. But he wakes up in the morning to go to work and fucking panics because there's blood on the sheets. Because he kind of like had this moment of, oh shit, she was a virgin. She never done this. I bet I hurt her. There's blood. Like she bled, which y'all, bleeding first time in sex is totally normal. It's a thing that happens. Well, and, and also just he like, freaks it's out not a that bit. uncommon anyway. Like, if you haven't had sex in a while, you may bleed. Right. This is the thing. Yeah, exactly. And he he's never had sex with a virgin before. So, like, he knows that she's supposed to bleed, but his brain immediately goes to, I'm the one that hurt her. And oh. it, like, spirals into this, like, I hurt her. And I'm gonna hurt her because I'm gonna have to leave town and she can't come with me because I can't make her travel with me, all this stuff. Like, he's almost doing to her exactly what Lydia did to the aunts of, well, did you just ask her? Like, did you tell her? He's trying to convince himself to do, quote unquote, the right noble thing. And he doesn't talk to her about it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that many times. Um, So he tells her, basically, he's like, "Uh, what have I done? I'm not worthy. I'm leaving. It was just sex and walks out. And he says it in such a way, like, internally, you get his internal monologue of, that was so mean and I'm an asshole and I can't believe I did that. But he still leaves. And she cries obviously. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Um, oh, so God. she's 
god. I know. Um, so she's super upset about it, and, and finally she's like, you know what? If that's what happens, that's what happens. This sucks. Like, she's just kind of mm-hmm. sad. Um, there's a little bit of a side plot that I'm going to mention, because it's great, where she finds a baby doggo that might not make it, and she starts nursing him back to health. It's great, and it's a great I, way I, you know for what? her to, like, you, I have yeah, this thing to you, take care of. Right, you get over that shit however you need to. You know? Truth. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. In a healthy, responsible way, I say as I drink wine in a closet by myself. In a vagina. Mm. Um, so <laughs> so brief interlude at this point. Homeboy, as in asshole ex fiance, puts a hit out on Gideon. Oh no. Why is he like so like to put this mean girl style, why is he so obsessed with her? Is he obsessed because he's he lost the bet in a way of like Yeah, at, at this point it's a pride thing. Okay, yeah, okay. It's okay. super a pride thing. Like this man is like he took what was mine. He sees her as totally just an object. Like he's okay, such a dick. Okay. I he's so creepy. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird interaction that he has with this hitman, because you get the feeling that he doesn't, at the end of it, he doesn't want to have put the hit out on Gideon, but he had gotten, he'd overreacted, he'd gone to CD bars and found someone that would do it, and at this point, he's like, well now, if I don't pay this man, he's going to rat on me, or kill me. And so, like, at the end of it, like, he, you get the feeling that he might be starting to regret his decision, but he still does it. Right, right. So, um, mm, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I can pity mm-hmm. you, but, like, um, so, you're still done fucked up. Right, exactly. Um, so Gideon, while at the mine, um, after talking to the miners, and, like, he's starting to kind of see, and Rowdy is kind of giving him some of these hints of, Rowdy has kind of figured out why it's, or what Gideon's here to do, because Gideon hasn't even told his brothers. And Rowdy's like, look, I get it. But before you do this thing, I want you to really maybe take a look at how the miners live. Maybe maybe start to look into their lives a little bit. So Gideon's starting to kind of have this change of heart of, I think I may have fucked up. I don't think this is right. And I also think I may have fucked up with Lydia. Hmm, you think? Right? So he takes her out to visit his brother, who lives outside of the city, and his brother's wife. Um, so that Lydia can, like, make a friend and, like, hang out with family and stuff like that. And Wyatt, his brother, has a serious come-to-Jesus moment with Gideon of, Dude, I know what's happening. You're a goddamn idiot. What the fuck are you doing? And right. Gideon, like, has this moment of, Oh my god, you're right. The miners are not paid well. Like, they're, I am an asshole to do this. The mine itself is almost falling down on people's heads. It almost fell down on my head at one point. Like, it's like... I'm doing that terrible things. And also, all I want is to settle down because I love Lydia and I don't want to leave her. <laughs> like, Aww. it is the biggest come to Jesus moment. Um, so so he starts really trying. Like, he's thinking, he's like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to quit this job that I have. I'll make it, I'll figure something out. Maybe I can help Rowdy being a marshal or something. Like, I'll figure it out. But I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to quit the mines. And I'm going to really try, make a try to make it work with Lydia. And so he does. He really tries to make it work by, uh, you know, trying to uh, make babies. I'm just kidding. Make it home and fuck. <laughs> yeah, as you do. Well, I mean, like, in that time, basically the same thing. Yeah, they get back and they get it on. And in the morning... Did she get mad at him, though? I kind of want, like, a moment for her to say, hey, you were mean to me. That's the thing is, like, I don't know if she has a response that I would have thought. She's not as well-developed as this character is. And she's definitely not yeah, as well-developed yeah. as, like, Lark is in the book with Rowdy. Because, like, I would have been 
pissed, but she right. just kind of feels sorry for herself. Oh, and well, I would probably they make too. up it up and everything, but Gideon doesn't really tell her much about what's going on. Mm. Like, he talks, he kind of alludes to it, but he doesn't really talk much about it. I know. I'm way more into Rowdy than I am to Gideon. Um, mm. So he, and his thing is, what, what Gideon, I think, is trying to do, if you try to, like, get a little bit of thought process into his head, is he's trying to get all of this behind him before he, like, super goes into detail of this is what has happened. Um, which I, on one hand, get, and on the other hand, we've already established that Gideon doesn't make the best communication choices. And, he doesn't uh, make the best choices, period! No, he does not. Um, so in that first, like, the first part of this novel, Gideon feels like a super sexy, like, manly man kind of deal. And then, man as flesh. it kind of goes on, he feels a little bit more like he's... Yeah, he feels a little bit more like he's kind of a kid still growing up, but this is his growing up moment. That's, I like that's that. kind of the vibe you get. Gideon uh, has been summoned to meet with his employers, which is a little early, which makes him think that they're going to bring in strike breakers to like really like screw these guys over at the mine. Mm. And um, yeah, and so he goes to this meeting and um, as like after he goes to this meeting to meet this guy, uh, he first he goes to his step or his mother's um, or his stepmom, I guess. Yeah, stepmom's saloon in the town that he's supposed to meet this place at. And his stepmom's name is Ruby, and she's another woman that I would die for. Um, but so he he goes to her her saloon, says hi. He goes and visits his, the grave of his sister. Um, so there's some backstory here. Um, Deep. Gideon's sister was run over by a carriage when she was four, uh, and Gideon Woof. was only six when it happened. And Gideon still blames himself to this day. I know it's like it's heavy. There, it's so much character development. There's so much to go into, and I can't. Yeah. But so he's like at the grave, and uh, a dude comes up and says, "Hey, I am the guy that you're supposed to be meeting." And Gideon's like gut immediately goes crazy. He's like. Mm, are you, no, though? Not. Yeah. No. Right. So, brief yeah. interlude. The previous day, our hitman had killed Gideon's contact. Gideon's so, contact. Hitman shows. Oh, yes. So, oh, Hitty- oh, hitman oh. So the hitman shows up, shows up pretending to pretending. be the guy that Gideon was hired by. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, so, Gideon. Hitman is like, hey, is there anywhere we can go and chat? And Gideon's like, well, it's a Sunday, so the saloons are closed, but I can think of one. And so he takes this guy to Ruby's saloon, um, his stepmom's saloon. And they're sitting there and like, he's like kind of like, Ruby is a smart woman. And so Gideon, like, she knows what's going on. Like, she knows something is wrong. And Gideon is, like, trying to, like, why don't you go in the back and get us the good whiskey? And, like, trying to get her out of the way. But she is not having it. Um, so I, I have an excerpt from this book about this moment that I want to read for you. Okay. And um, I have to read it because Ruby is incredible. And I just need you to hear about why she's incredible. Okay. Uh, I do not fancy, the stranger said sadly, killing a woman. The remark was incendiary, like a spark striking a pocket of gas in the depths of a mine. Things happened fast. Hildebrand, who is the hitman guy, drew a knife, brandishing it a couple of times, perhaps to show his prowess. Gideon overturned the table to put a momentary barrier between himself and the other man, drawing his forty-five and rising it and ra- raising it in almost the same move. A shot boomed through the otherwise quiet saloon. Hildebrand's eyes widened and the knife fell soundlessly to the sawdust floor. He clasped his bleeding midsection with both hands. Gideon watched, his finger still on the trigger of his pistol, as the man dropped to his knees and pitched face-first into the sawdust. 
Christ, Ruby, Gideon gasped after letting out the yes! breath he'd been holding. You I just shot a man. <laughs> I love her. I would He's die like, for Ruby. Oh, it gets better. You just shot a man. Ruby laid a rifle down on the bar with a heavy thump, smoke still wafting from its barrel. Well, hell, she said, I couldn't wait all day for you to get around to. <laughs> yes! She's amazing! Better get a doctor, Gideon said, reholstering the forty-five he hadn't fired. His shirt, he realized numbly, was soaked with the other man's blood, still warm and sticky. It made him queasy. Ooh. Just in case. No just in case about it, Ruby answered, approaching, but keeping her skirts clear of the pooling blood while Gideon crouched to check Hildebrand for a pulse. She glanced up at Gideon's drenched shirt, frowning. If I go to all the trouble of putting a bullet in somebody, I shoot to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby her. is incredible. She is incredible. <laughs> she's great. Um, so yeah, Ruby just fucking killed a guy, and she's great, and I love her. Um, and <laughs> right. so when when Gideon or when Gideon had left, uh, Lydia was kind of like she just kind of thought she's like something's weird, something is wrong. So she went and actually told Rowdy. She's like, hey, this is what happened. Gideon left. He said he'd be back, but something just doesn't feel right. Rowdy and Wyatt and a couple other of the Marshall guys had, like, left immediately to chase after Gideon. And so they show up shortly after all this goes down, and they see a dead guy on Ruby's floor. And they're like, Ruby, what the hell happened? And then Gideon is covered in blood, um, the dead guy's blood. And so they're like, okay. And so they, like, get statements. They try to figure out what happened and all this stuff. Um... And then as they're, like, talking to Gideon and being like, they're looking at his shirt and they're like, man, there's a, you have a lot of blood on you. More than you probably should. Oh, no. Hey, let's, let's take a look. Well, Gideon has been sliced pretty bad. Oh, no. Right? So he went into shock almost immediately. And so he hasn't felt anything at this point. And all of a sudden he looks down and he's like, huh, and then passes out. They end up going and getting Lydia and she heads right over and is able to, like, she stays with him while he's healing and all this stuff. And, like, they have a whole bunch of, like, conversations about, okay, we're going to stay together. Like, this is cool. This is good. Oh, I thought you were going to say healing sets. Uh, yeah, they do that a couple times. But they don't make a big deal of it. I'm proud of them. Um, <laughs> okay. Does it give him more power? Yes, absolutely. 100%. So <laughs> and yeah. Lydia also learns. Because he's actually a nymphal. Ah, oh, God damn it. Living in Arizona. You got me. <laughs> it's time for the last interlude. The last interlude is about Asshole having dinner with his mother in the aunt's house, the really pretty one they used to live in. And he's reading the newspaper. And he Ugh, sees... His poor mother. Right? Well, his mom is also a total bitch. So he reads the newspaper oh, okay. and he reads about a death down in Flagstaff. That's the name of the, the town. In this town. Uh, and it's about the, the death of what should have been Gideon's contact, but he knows, he's like, he, he recognizes the dude that did it. Okay. And so he, like, has this whole, this moment of, oh my god, what have I done? Mm. I have, like, I'm a terrible person, this is awful, and also, and he, this man is very overweight. This is a very big shock to him. He straight up has a heart attack and dies. Great, good, um, and that's fine. Be because tragedies can happen only at once, his mother, who is very old, sees her son have a heart attack and then also has a heart attack and also dies. Right? I mean, I mean she All was right. she was wow. a major okay. asshole. Well, Ripley's believe it or right. not, I guess. She was also a major asshole. 
Um, so they get back to Stone Creek and Lydia's like, oh, hey, I think I forgot to tell you, um, I'm rich now. And Gideon's like, what? And she's like, yeah, um, so my (laughs) asshole ex-fiance hadn't gotten around to changing his will yet. So technically his entire fortune and bank is left to me. Oh my god! (laughs) So... (laughs) They have the house back. What an idiot. He didn't put it down to his wife, Lydia. Yep. That's insane. Yep. So she now owns several banks and the house, the old house. Uh, And so the aunts and Helga are able to go back to live in Phoenix and their beautiful home that they loved so much. And Gideon quits being a miner and a, um, uh, a, 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 like, secret agent kind of guy and starts learning how to run banks. <laughs> and, uh, they all live happily ever Well, there after. you go. Now, um, the one minor side plot that I, I'm gonna go ahead and mention how it ends up, it matters, when they get back, uh, from Flagstaff, like, Gideon is healed up, kind of. He still has stitches and stuff. Um, but there's a huge explosion at the mine. And so everyone races over to see what happened, and one of the mm. the miners, who was actually the one that was, like, in charge of what was going to be the strikes, um, was in the mine when it collapsed. And the what ended up happening, ends up happening, mm-hmm. is basically, like, he dies straight up, but they're, they're able to talk to him beforehand, and Gideon's like, I didn't. Mm. Like, they kind of have, like, a, a, a make-up moment of the miner knew that Gideon was going to rat on him, but they make up at this moment, and... Rowdy promises mm-hmm. to take care of this guy's wife and kids, and um, the owners of the mine don't go back to it. They're like, it collapsed, we're not going to touch it anymore, it's not worth it. So they end up like, they're able to, I appreciate that it wasn't a super like, everything is happy, happy ending, because like a lot of the mining families move on because there's no work there. Some yeah, of them stay around, right. but yeah, so it was, it was. Very real, right? Yeah. I appreciated. Um, there. So two right. thing, two final things. One, yeah. There is an epilogue, um, where Christmas time rolls around, and the whole family comes in to stay with Lydia and Gideon, and you like see everyone again, like Ruby and the aunts and everybody. Um, and also at this time, Lydia is six months pregnant, and their little tiny doggo uh, is fucking huge, <laughs> so big, just Aww. a big boy. Uh, <laughs> so that's Aww. that's, that's a, the epilogue so boy. the end um my final comments on this Aww. that i have are that one i liked rowdy a lot more the more i read this Gideon was fine but he felt very juvenile to me even though his character growth was incredible i still preferred rowdy mm-hmm. um two boy i feel bad for him because he just became a banker in 1915 and uh the depression hits in 1929 uh <laughs> you know uh-huh, not great. And uh, three, if you are, in fact, interested in how shittily minors were treated in America um, and other people who do a lot of physical labor and stuff, there's a really good podcast called Behind the Bastards that has a two-part episode, two episodes, on uh, what is called the Second Civil War. And it was in West Virginia, but it's this same kind of thing where these minors are treated so bad and they end up striking... And it's a whole thing. It's not the happiest thing, but it's incredibly interesting. So if you are interested in that at all, I highly recommend checking that out. Yeah. Hmm, Yeah. Um, All right. So you know how I teased a big reveal at the beginning of this? I'm 
I'm ready to make that big reveal. The book wasn't too bad. Like, it wasn't great. I will say the book with Rowdy and Lark is significantly better. Like, really good, actually. Read that one. It's very good. Um, it's called uh, okay. The Wanted Man. Um, or something like that. Or The Man from Stone Creek. But it's really good. And then, when I was showing Zach this, I found out this is a motherfucking Harlequin book. Oh! There it's, a, it's a Harlequin that, that romance novel. That doesn't surprise me. It surprises me. Yeah, because it, I mean, that tracks. I didn't expect no, that, that it to tracks. be as... I didn't expect it to be as good as it was for being a Harlequin novel. But I was Rachel, surprised. the point of this podcast is that we go into those, like, into those, like, genres that are, might, might actually bad and we find good stories. However, you did say, and I think I tend to agree with you, that Lydia was not... A very no. strong character. She was not. So I was. I think I, that that was even from my perspective. Right. I was not enthused by her. I will say. So first of all, I'm putting my foot in my mouth and saying that there are good Harlequin romance novels out there. I will grudgingly admit that because the one with yes. Rowdy and Lark is very, very good. Um, this is also the fifth book in the series, and it very much felt like like the last one where it's like, oh, we have to wrap this up, kind of deal. Um, having gone back and read that second one in the series, it is a lot stronger. The characters are super strong, like, the story's really good. It was very good. Um, there are also a lot of similarities between that one and this one, so if you're interested in reading one of these books, read the number two in the Stone Creek series. Very good. Um, so you mentioned Lydia not being as good, so let's get into some ratings. Um, yeah, so with, with our girl Lydia, she, she wasn't super fleshed out like having read the other book i get a lot more of her backstory than i got in this one and she wasn't bad she was just kind of a i don't know she just wasn't a strong character i i would give her like a two because she still has a fully fleshed out background and like her own motivations Mm. and stuff she just is kind of weak compared to the other characters um especially reading about lark like Mm -hmm. she's just not as strong of a a character um getting on the other hand had a much more developed background Mm. so like I'd give him probably a three. He was kind of an asshole for a lot of it, but he grew out of being an asshole, and, like, there was growth there. There was good growth. So I was actually rather Mm. impressed with him. Um, Smut was... The smut was pretty good. Like, it wasn't terrible. It, uh, they, like, used a lot more, like, direct terms instead of the flowery language that a lot of things use. So, like, I would give it a three, and it was, like, still done really well. Um... It was one of the first times when, like, oral is written, and you're like, all right, I can get behind this. This is fine. Um, So that was pretty good, actually. Hmm. I'm trying Um, to think of, like, I'm trying to think of a time where I, like, I think that it's easy to write oral awkwardly. Like, it's really easy to do that. Yes, it is. 100%. Props for the author on that one. Right. So that was actually pretty good. And um, so that was, I'd say a three for that. Better than average, for sure. And over, like, plot, I would give it probably a three again. Like, it's it's a good, it's a decent plot. It has its funny moments. It has its, like, oh, what's going to happen kind of moments. And I liked the way everything kind of wrapped up. Um, So that was actually pretty good. So overall, I think I'd give this book, like, a six, six and a half. I mean, I... Oh, wow, that's pretty I know, high. I liked it enough to go back and, like I said, like, I read this in about a day, and since then, which was, like, late last week, I have read another one in the series and started a third one. So, like, I, I liked it enough to read some of the other books, and I liked the other books more. So, 
If you're reading the second one and there you if go. you're reading the second one in a series, I would give it actually an eight. So read that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then so Rachel, I feel like there's something else I need to ask you. Is it, is it maybe the question of um, what I'm consuming? What else have you Yeah, that, okay. I was worried that there wasn't a question before that. I thought I was missing something. No. But yes, Rachel, what else have you been consuming? Um, I have been consuming uh I started reading Lord of the Rings again. I picked up where I left off with that naturally as you do uh i hey i needed something comforting all right um but the other thing i want to mention is we just wrapped up another one of our book club books so and it was really fun yes Yes. and we might be making stickers for it so it was a blast and we're going to be starting a new book here in a little while so hit up all of our social medias once i pick yeah yes yeet so Margie's going to pick the next book, and it was really fun. It was a good book. Another well, successful um, episode, despite despite it all. Margie's so hot right now, both literally and also literally, really because she's dying. I'm sorry. Hey, you're suffering for your I'm, art. I'm, I'm suffering. Yeah, sure. Hey, but you know what might make you feel feel better? Is it maybe Ayla Nairu's song, Oh Love, off the album Be Held? I know it makes me feel better. I mean, that's why I put it at the front and end of this podcast. It does. I mean, actually, every time we listen to it, it makes me feel a little better. Yeah. So. Exactly. And right, also, you, I've listeners. been practicing my segues. And for, for dealing with my whining. <laughs> we love you all so much. We will see you we again you. in two weeks, Bye. my dudes. Bye. Bye. Partner. Bye.